Hey, grown-ups, warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Factor has a menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So, no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Head to factormeals.com slash tales50. That's T-A-L-E-S 5-0. And use code tales50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month. That's code tales50 at factormeals.com. Dot com slash tales 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Hey grown-ups, I have something exciting to share with you. There's a brand new kids podcast out now that I think you're going to love. It's called Mysteries About True Histories. This show is perfect if you love adventures, solving riddles, and maybe even some wacky math problems. But I need a little help from some new friends to tell you more. Max and Molly, take it away. From the creators of Who Smarted, Starglow Media comes a brand new podcast called Mysteries About True Histories. Uh, does that sound serious enough? Uh, Max, we only have 30 seconds for this promo. Just tell them how your mysterious aunt recruited us into a secret order of problem solvers who travel time and have epic adventures. I don't have to. You just did. Catch new episodes of Mysteries About True Histories every Thursday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Tailblazers. I'm Rebecca Cunningham, and this is Girl Tales, a kids' podcast of feminist stories for a new generation. Before we get started, I want to send a very happy birthday to Cade Liao. Cade, I hope you have an awesome birthday. Thank you for listening to Girl Tales. And I want to send a very special shout-out to Zeal Yaramishin. Zeal, thank you so much for listening to Girl Tales. Grown-ups, Girl Tales is brought to you by families like yours. If you would like to hear your child's name at the top of our next episode, head to patreon.com slash girltales and donate today. Now on to our episode. This is Hypatia the Hero, part two. To hear the first part of this episode, search for Hypatia the Hero, part one on our feed. Enjoy! I'd like to tell you about a friend of mine. Her name is Hypatia, and she is a hero. Last time you heard about her, she had captured a mountain lion, chucked a giant enchanted snake into Freshwater Lake, and was about to try to move a stream to clean the stinkiest stables in Freshwater. Her evil Aunt Hera had sent her to do it, because it was supposedly impossible. Hypatia decided to pick up a nearby stream and move it to the stables to wash them out. She knew it would be a tricky thing to do, even for someone extremely strong like her. 
She also knew she'd have to put the stream back when she was done, so all the living things that depended on the stream could survive. Hypatia stood over the stream and leaned down, one leg on either side of the water. She held on tight and picked up the stream. It was so heavy. The water kept flowing as she carried the stream just a little way toward the farm. When Hypatia had a good view of the stables, she put the stream down, and right away it started flowing toward the stinky stables. When the stream reached the stables, it washed all of the poop out. The water of the stream picked up the poop and carried it down to Farmer McDonald's field, where the poop acted as fertilizer, which helped the plants grow. As soon as the stables were clean, Hypatia bent down and picked the stream back up again, carefully putting the heavy flowing stream back on its original track. It bubbled and flowed like it always had, and all the living things downstream were very glad. Farmer McDonald was amazed. The cows, goats, horses, sheep, pigs, and chickens were amazed. The townspeople smelled the sweet, poop-free air, and everyone was very grateful to Hypatia. She was tired from the effort and headed home to Aunt Hera and told Aunt Hera how she cleaned the stables. You really didn't clean the stables yourself, Aunt Hera snarled. You let the stream do it for you. That doesn't count. You cheated. She looked down her nose at Hypatia, who was dripping wet from carrying the stream twice. You certainly cannot come inside in those wet clothes. Aunt Hera smiled as she closed the door, sending Hypatia to the back porch. Hypatia trudged to the back door and curled up on the back porch. She knew she would be there all night while Aunt Hera thought up another impossible task. Aunt Hera sat at the kitchen table, clenching her fists and thinking up a task so difficult Hypatia could never succeed. Late in the night, she finally got an idea. Do you remember when Morgiana the sailor was picked up by that giant scary bird? The bird was just one of many giant birds called the swamp birds. They lived in a swamp north of freshwater, close to the very dangerous cliffs. They had occasionally carried off freshwater townspeople who went near the swamp, and they also guarded jewels. Aunt Hera knew about the swamp birds, and she was sure that this time she had an impossible task for Hypatia. It was morning, and Hypatia had slept out on the back porch all night. Now she was dry, and she picked up an apple from the apple tree and was eating it as she waited to be let in. Aunt Hera opened the back door, but she didn't let Hypatia in. I have a very important job for you, Aunt Hera said coolly. I lost some jewels, and I need you to get them back. They were stolen by some big birds near that swamp north of Freshwater. Hypatia knew exactly what Aunt Hera was talking about. The swamp birds were famously dangerous. Bring my jewels back tonight. Or don't come back at all. Hypatia knew that Aunt Hera wished that she would not come back. But her parents were still ill, 
and she could not go back to New York City. Aunt Hera's house was the only home she had. So she decided to try and get the jewels from the swamp birds. She set off with her apple and her muslin sack. She walked north to Freshwater Lake and north to the cliffs, and even further north to the swamps where the vicious giant birds lived. Pretty soon, she heard loud screeching and the flapping of giant wings. She looked up. Swamp birds were circling. Hypatia thought she might be able to follow the birds to their nest, where she was pretty sure she would find some jewels. It turned out she didn't get a chance to follow them because they had spotted her. With a screech, the biggest bird swooped down and picked Hypatia up with its claws. Hypatia clung onto her muslin sack as the bird soared toward a very tall tree. There was a nest in the tree, and sure enough, the bird dropped Hypatia into the nest. It circled once and flew off. Hypatia looked all around inside the nest, hoping to find some jewels to take back to her aunt. Sure enough, she found a pile of rubies, emeralds, gold, and silver. She packed as many jewels as could fit in her bag and got ready to climb out of the nest. But she noticed the swamp bird returning, and there were four more birds with it. She was pretty sure they were hoping to have her for lunch. Hypatia knew she could not climb faster than the birds could fly, and all she had was her muslin sack and the jewels she had found. She realized the bag of jewels had some gold and silver chains in it. That gave her an idea. As the birds got closer, she tied several chains together and made a silver and gold rope. The screeching swamp birds began to circle lower and lower, getting closer to Hypatia. When they were about to snatch her up, she lassoed the birds with her silver and gold rope and swung herself and her sack of jewels up onto the biggest bird's back. The swamp bird screeched and the biggest bird tried to throw her off its back, but Hypatia held tight. She directed all five birds back toward freshwater. They flew over the swamp, over the cliffs, over freshwater lake, and all the way to Aunt Hera's house. Aunt Hera was laughing at her kitchen table, (laughs) imagining how Hypatia would never return. Suddenly, she heard a massive thump on the roof, followed by four more thumps. The roof shook, the walls shook, the floor creaked. Aunt Hera ran outside, thinking there was an earthquake. She looked up at her house and saw five giant, vicious swamp birds perched on her roof. Hypatia, sitting on the back of the biggest swamp bird, tossed down the muslin sack full of jewels. Aunt Hera screamed and fainted, and Hypatia guided the birds back up into the sky. She guided them back to the swamp and cliffs, where she released them. They stayed in the swamp and didn't bother any humans for many years. Hypatia tossed the silver and gold rope into freshwater lake for Nessie, the lake monster, who loved gold and sparkly things. Then she returned to Aunt Hera's house. Aunt Hera was still passed out in the yard, so Hypatia carried her and the jewels inside. 
Aunt Hera woke up the next morning in her bed, Hypatia sitting beside her, and the sack of jewels on the floor. So Hypatia had succeeded. Aunt Hera remembered the swamp birds on the roof and shot up from bed. You were eating an apple yesterday, and I want an apple now. In fact, Aunt Hera declared, I want three golden apples from the orchard guarded by the three-headed dog. Hypatia blinked. The three-headed dog, who people called Cerberus, guarded an orchard to the west of Freshwater. It was said golden apples grew there, but no one could get any because of Cerberus. He had three heads. Each head was full of fangs, and each head was as mean as ten swamp birds. And bring that three-headed dog to me. Hera said. This was two impossible tasks at once. Hypatia nodded and set off. She walked west out of freshwater, toward the orchard with the golden apples. On her way, she picked a regular apple from a tree on the road. As she munched the apple and walked along, she tried to think of how to catch a dog with three heads. Before long, she was out in the countryside, standing in front of a large iron gate, with apple trees beyond the gate. In these apple trees, there were not any red or green or yellow apples. There were golden, shiny apples. Hypatia glanced around. There was no dog guarding the gate. Maybe Cerberus had fallen asleep. She peeked around for another moment and then slipped inside the gate. As soon as she set foot in the orchard, she heard a low growl. Hypatia looked across the orchard, and there he was. Cerberus was growling at her. He was bigger than a horse. He had three heads with three mouths full of fangs and drool. Cerberus lowered his three heads and charged at Hypatia. She ran, slipping through the gate just in time to avoid the three heads and three sets of fangs of Cerberus. His heads barked through the gate at her. His jaws snapped on the iron. He pawed the gate and growled, then turned and walked back into the orchard. Hypatia breathed hard. She'd had a narrow escape. How was she going to get Cerberus and three golden apples home to Aunt Hera. She knew dogs back in New York City loved to have snacks. Maybe Cerberus would like a snack. As long as it wasn't Hypatia. She ran back to the apple trees up the road and came back with three apples for Cerberus's three heads. She slipped back in the gate and Cerberus came charging back toward her. This time she whistled and threw the three apples at each of his mouths. Cerberus sat and snapped each apple into each mouth. He munched and crunched and wagged his tail. After he finished eating, Hypatia inched forward and reached out her hand. Cerberus's middle head sniffed her hand. Then his left head licked her face. Hypatia giggled. <laughs> she walked further into the orchard and Cerberus followed her. She climbed up a tree and picked three perfect and shining gold apples. She carried the apples in her arms and whistled for Cerberus to follow her. 
She opened the gate, and he followed her down the road. She got him three more apples, and he followed her all the way through the countryside, through freshwater, and right to Aunt Hera's door. Hypatia knocked, and Aunt Hera answered. What happened next is a bit of a mystery. Some people say Aunt Hera was so shocked that she turned into a puff of purple smoke. Some say she ran out of fresh water screaming. And some say Cerberus ate her up. In any case, she disappeared. And when she disappeared, Cerberus, who must have been under her spell, turned from a giant three-headed dog into a normal-sized, friendly, one-headed dog. Aunt Hera left behind the golden apples, the jewels, and her house. Hypatia inherited everything, and she adopted Cerberus. Hypatia was pronounced a hero by the town of Freshwater. She was made honorary council member, and the town held a parade for her and Cerberus. Hypatia's parents got well and came from New York City to live with her here in Freshwater. Hypatia went on to have many more adventures. And at 99 years old, she's still the town hero. Maybe you'll see her on one of her walks next time you visit Freshwater. That was Hypatia the Hero, Part 2. Written by Tessa Flannery. Produced by Megan Bagala. Performed and executive produced by me, Rebecca Cunningham. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Grownups, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Oh, and remember, Tailblazers, I believe you and I believe in you.